Welcome to the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman, where Jerry reads a chapter from the New Testament and gives us key insights and life applications along the way. For more information about the Solid Life Journal and reading plans, visit solidlives.com. And now, let's get into today's reading. Okay, here we go. The Gospel according to Mark. Let me just make a few introductory comments about this Gospel. You know, unlike the other Gospels, Matthew, Luke, and John, this Gospel, Mark, is really by John Mark. And John Mark is uh, sort of an attendant of Peter. And so Peter didn't write his own gospel, but some believe that through John Mark, his assistant, somebody that wasn't with him necessarily uh, his whole life, uh, ministry life, because as you remember, John Mark traveled a little bit with the Apostle Paul and Barnabas, but then he left uh, that trip early. But then later when Paul and Barnabas were going to go on another missionary journey, Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with them, who was a relative of his, by the way. Paul was insistent. No, he bailed out on us. You know, on the last trip, we're not taking him. And the dispute became so intense that the two of them decided to split. And Barnabas went with John Mark on a missionary journey. And Paul chose Silas, and he went on a missionary journey. And, of course, the narrative of the book of Acts went with the Apostle Paul. But nevertheless, John Mark, uh, later on, Paul, in his writing, said, uh, he mentions John Mark and said, hey, he's very helpful to me. So thank God that we can all grow. John Mark uh, may have been a young man when he bailed out the first time, and who knows what was going on in his own life or family. But nonetheless, he proved to be a very valuable disciple and now a biblical author. But as many scholars believe, he received this not personally with walking with Jesus and such, but he received these words of Jesus and these stories about being with Jesus directly from Peter, his mentor or one of his mentors. And so in one sense, you can say this is the gospel of Peter, but through John Mark, but the credit is given to John Mark, who we do believe wrote this. Okay, here we go. The gospel according to Mark. And by the way, this is one of my favorite of four gospels. I have four favorites. No, this is one of my favorite because of several things about it. Uh, several parts of this I love. I love the Great Commission at the end. I love the fourth chapter of Mark and the parable of the sower. I love all the miracles in the book of Mark. I love the sixth chapter, the woman with the flow of blood, just the way that Mark brings this out. Or really, I might say Peter, having conveyed this to Mark. I just love so much about it. Here we go. Mark chapter 1, verse 1, the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. I mean, just right out of the gate. He's the Son of God, as it is written in the prophets. In other words, he's not only Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, he's the Son of God, but he's the Son of God as it is written in the prophets. In other words, he is who the prophets predicted he would be. And then he begins to quote from the prophets. He says, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths 
straight. Of course, he's talking about prophesying about John the Baptist who will go before Jesus. So he says in verse 4, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. So this is what John the Baptist did in sort of uh, clearing the path for Jesus as he was preparing the people to receive the message and ministry of the Messiah. And so John came uh, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. Verse 5, Then all the land of Judea, that's the southern part of Israel, uh, and those from Jerusalem, which is also in Israel, but a, a city and not a region, went out to him and were baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. So, I mean, there is a mass amount of people from the southern part of Israel, and I know that's not all who went to John's baptism, but they were coming confessing their sins. So what John was sent to do to prepare the hearts of the people for Jesus' coming and Jesus' ministry, it was really happening. Verse 6, now John, excuse me, now John was clothed with camel's hair and with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey, and he preached, saying, There comes one after me who is mightier than I, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to stoop down and loose. I mean, John knows I am a precursor to someone who is really God, the Messiah is coming. I'm not even worthy to stoop down and to loose his sandal strap. Verse 8. John the Baptist goes on to say, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Oh, what a difference, huh? I baptize you in the River Jordan with water, but he's going to come and he's going to be able to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Verse 9, it came to pass in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee. Now, Nazareth is up in the north and it's and it's west of the Sea of Galilee, some miles. And it says, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee in the north and was baptized by John in the Jordan. So here's Jesus to start his ministry, humbling himself and asking that this, it's actually his cousin, John the Baptist is Jesus' cousin, asks his cousin to baptize him. Now, not that Jesus needed to repent of his sins, but... When, to go to the Jordan, you're saying, I need a fresh start. And Jesus was coming for a fresh start. Not that he had sinned, but he had been Jesus of Nazareth. But now he is ready for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon him and for him to begin his ministry here on the earth. And so it says, he came to be baptized by John in the Jordan, verse 10, and immediately Coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the spirit descending upon him like a dove. Verse, uh, another gospel says, in bodily form, like a dove, like a dove. So uh, the Holy Spirit is not a dove, but like a dove landing. And if anybody knows, a dove is a gentle bird. Verse 11, then a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. I mean, you could just catch this, that the father just can't let this baptism go without expressing his love and his approval for his beloved son. You are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. 
Verse 12, immediately the Spirit drove him, notice the language, drove him into the wilderness. So here he is, he just gets baptized. I mean, the Holy Spirit descends upon him. And a voice comes and says, you're my beloved son. This is a beautiful thing. But the Holy Spirit, having just come up upon him, drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, tempted by Satan. And listen to this, that Mark's gospel brings out that the others don't. And was with the wild beasts and was with the wild beasts. Well, sometimes we forget that Jesus, he became a human being, and he, the Bible says he was tempted in all points like we are, yet without sin. He could feel what human beings feel. You remember when he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. He could feel the weight, the emotional impact of what he was about to do going to the cross and such. And so here it says he was tempted by Satan and was with the wild beasts. Well, you get out there, you know, you don't, you're not in a home. You're not in a cabin out in the wilderness. He didn't have a pup tent. I mean, he's just out there. And the Holy Spirit just took him out there. So he's got to deal with all of those fears that he's out there with, you know, who knows, lions or wolves or whatever. And, you know, it, it freaks you out and it distracts you. But he had to deal with those fears and those temptations out in the wilderness. And it says, and angels ministered to him. I wonder how often angels minister to us and we don't even realize it. So it says an angels ministered to him. It didn't say Jesus saw the angels. It just said they did. They ministered to him. Verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, so now here Jesus is beginning his earthly ministry. He's been here now about 30 years. And so now at the age of 30, He's starting his ministry and he begins to preach saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Notice he's he's preaching a strong gospel like John the Baptist did. He's not just coming to want to be liked. Oh, no, he's telling the truth. You have to repent. You have to turn from your sins. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. Verse 16. And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon, that's Peter, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Notice, I will make you become. They're not already fishers of men, but I will make you become fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Now notice, He didn't say, if you'll pray a prayer, if you'll acknowledge that I'm the Lord, if I'm the Messiah and such, then, you know, then I'll begin to disciple you. Notice, no, he began, he just said, follow me. And he's willing to disciple them before they even acknowledge who he is or commit their lives to him. I think there's something that we can learn there. Verse 19, when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, His brother, notice James was obviously, seems obvious that he was the older one. And John, his brother, who also were in the boat mending their nets. So so Simon and Andrew were casting a net. Here now, James and John are with their father Zebedee, and they're mending their nets. And immediately he called to them, 
And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went after him, went after Jesus. Verse 21, then they went to Capernaum and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and taught. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So evidently the scribes who they would, you know, write the scriptures, they would copy the scriptures and such. They knew the word of God, the scribes did, but they didn't have the the revelation. They didn't have the the confidence. They their eyes were not open to where they knew what they what they uh, were copying it, understood it to where they could teach with authority. But Jesus, oh, he had confidence. And everybody realized, oh my goodness, he is teaching as one that has authority, like he knows what he's talking about, instead of just saying, well, it could mean this or it could mean that. No, Jesus came and said, here's what it means. Verse 23, now there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. See, the demons knew who he was. And they began to cry out. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Now notice Jesus didn't say, I rebuke you. He rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. Now we know that in one case, Jesus talked to uh the demons within a man. What is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many and, and such. But you notice, typically, that was an exception. Typically, Jesus would tell them, be quiet and come out. And so Jesus said, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him, notice, even after Jesus commanded this spirit to be quiet and come out, on the way out, if I could say it like that, these demons were convulsing this man. It says, and when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Notice they're trying to be disobedient. They're, they're giving the impression that they don't have to obey. And this is one of the deceptions of demons. When you go to cast them out, they'll try to do something demonstrative to get you to back off from believing that you have the authority. And and so they cried out with a loud voice. They convulsed this man and then came out of him. Verse 27. Then they were all amazed so that they questioned among themselves saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority, he commands even the unclean spirits and they obey him. See, they had no idea that there was authority to be able to do that. Verse 28. And immediately his fame spread through all throughout all the region around Galilee. Verse 29, Now as soon as they had come out of the synagogue, they entered the house of Simon and Andrew. This is Simon, Peter, and Andrew with James and John. Verse 30, But Simon's wife's mother lay sick with a fever. Now we don't know if any of the other disciples were married or not, but certainly Peter was married. And his wife's mother, his mother-in-law, lay sick with a fever, and they told Jesus about her at once. Verse 31, so he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up and immediately the fever left her and she served them. Another gospel said he rebuked the fever. He rebuked the fever. Verse 32, at evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon possessed and the whole city was gathered together at the door. 
Here's the whole city of Capernaum. It says, gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. So notice he kept telling them, be quiet, because they wanted to expose him for who he was and such. And Jesus was not trying to become the king or to, you know, be put forward as the Messiah who's going to dominate the Romans and such. And so he would shut those demons down and say, be quiet. Verse 35, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, well, remember, at evening, this whole city is coming together at the door of this house uh, where Simon Peter and his uh, family was, and he was ministering late into the night, and now a long while before daylight, he's up. It says, now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. You want to know one of the keys to the power of the ministry of Jesus? He would get up in the morning to spend time with his father and to be strengthened and to receive instruction for the day. And Simon and those who were with him searched for searched for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone's looking for you. They're excited because there's a big crowd again. Hey, this ministry is really taken off. But notice this. Jesus had received his instructions for the day. Verse 38. But he said to them, let us go into the next towns that I may preach there also, because for this purpose I had come. I have come. Jesus did not follow the crowds. Jesus did not follow popularity or fame or money. No, Jesus followed his father. He said, I, I must do the works of him who sent me and finish his works. And so this is a key to the success and the power of the ministry of Jesus is prayer and following God and not following people or fame or money. Verse 39, and he was preaching in their synagogue in their synagogues throughout all Galilee, in other words, that all whole upper region of the nation of Israel as we know it today, and casting out demons. He's preaching and casting out demons. Verse 40, now a leper came to him, imploring him, kneeling down to him and saying to him, by the way, uh, other gospels will say worshiping him, but this helps us to understand what worship means sometimes. It means kneeling down, bowing down and such. And so it says, kneeling down to him and saying to him, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Listen to the question. If you are willing, you can make me clean. In other words, I believe you can. I believe you have the ability to make me clean. What I don't know is if you're willing. And folks, this is so many people today that they know God has the power to heal them, to deliver them, to set them free, to provide for them financially and such. They don't know if he's willing. And this is why we need to be in God's word so that we know the truth. We need to know his promises. We need to know what God is willing to do. So let's find out in this case if Jesus is willing. So he said, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Verse 41, then Jesus moved with compassion, stretched out his hand and touched him. Somebody that has a contagious disease. Jesus touched him and said to him, I am willing, be cleansed. I am willing, be cleansed. He preached this message to him, this short message. I am willing. And then he prayed this prayer, be cleansed. Glory to God. Let me tell you, that's 
Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. If you're sick, Jesus says, I am willing. Be cleansed. Be healed today. I pray healing over you today. According to the word of God, Jesus said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And I say to you, he is willing. Be healed today in Jesus' name. Verse 42, as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy left him and he was cleansed. Praise God. It actually took place immediately. Verse 43, and he strictly warned him and sent him away at once and said to him, see that you say nothing to anyone, but go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded as a testimony to them. Notice he said, now don't, don't say anything to anyone, but just go to the priest and offer uh, the priest, offer your uh, the cleansing. Let me read it. But go your way, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing those things which Moses commanded. Back in the law, when somebody had leprosy, but they believed that they were cleansed, they were given specific instructions to go to the priest. And the priests were given specific instructions as to how to determine if the leprosy was indeed healed or healing, or if it was an active leprosy that was still spreading. And so Jesus, knowing that he was healed, said, now go do what the Bible says to do, the law. Go do what the law says to do and offer your cleansing. And he says this as a testimony to them. In other words, I want the priest to see that the power of God is here healing people. Verse 45, however, he went out and began to proclaim it freely. Jesus said, don't tell anybody, just go to the priest. But he went out and began to proclaim it freely and to spread the matter so that Jesus could no longer openly enter the city, but was outside in, the, in uh, deserted places. And they came to him from every direction. And so Jesus had to alter course because people were beginning to really get excited about him. And Jesus was here to minister he was not here to become the king or the reigning Messiah. That's the second coming, but not the first. He was coming to serve uh, and to die and to be raised from the dead in the first coming. Well, all right, that's chapter one. I look forward to Mark chapter two. Thank you for joining us for the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman. And thank you to those of you who have partnered with Solid Lives to help get this daily podcast and other resources like it to thousands of people around the world. If you would like to partner with Solid Lives, visit solidlives.com give. To find out more about the ministry of Solid Lives, how you can be a part of this church planting and disciple making movement, or for more great teachings and resources by Jerry, visit solidlives.com. We also want to invite you to check out Jerry's other podcast called The Jerry Dearman Podcast. Here, Jerry shares with us at least weekly from God's Word, challenging us and equipping us to fulfill the amazing plan that God has for our lives. You can find links to this podcast as well as Jerry's YouTube channel online at solidlives.com. Thank you again so much for joining us, and we'll see you right here tomorrow as we jump into the New Testament Daily with Jerry Dearman.